Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, good afternoon. Here it is, hour three on a glorious day for talk radio. We've got the nice weather down south. Of course, uh, we heard Danny mention on the news uh, there's a hurricane coming. Donald Trump, by the way, has given everybody the heads up. Uh, he says this storm is a serious hazard. Get out of its way. Don't play games with it. It's a big one. Maybe as big as they've seen and tremendous amounts of water. The storm will come. It will go. We want everybody to be safe. There you go. That's leadership right there. All right. Stormy weather. Stormy <laughs> Not Daniels. to be confused with Stormy Daniels. That's right. One is big it's and wet. Stormy and the... in Trump's mind. <laughs> That's right. One is big and wet, and the other, of course, is Hurricane Florence. Uh, needless to say, a lot of hot air and bluster, the sound and the fury that uh, was rained down upon the legislature earlier today. I've got to ask. The fellows who have convened here for our Wednesday roundtable, Ernie Eves, a former premier and finance minister in the province, is with us. Ernie, how are you doing, by the way? I'm great. How are you, John? I'm like, dried out from Monday. Monday? You're right. It took us two <laughs> days, though. Here it is, Wednesday. Couldn't have asked me that yesterday. John Turley, you are at Risk Management Consultant, specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets. How are you doing, Johnny? Very well, thank you. Good. And Buzz Hargrove, the former national president of the Canadian Auto Workers Union. Buzz, how goes it? Great. Good. Any better, I couldn't stand it. Is that right? Well, you know, Doug Ford was saying the same thing today. You, you guys are fellow travelers. So what do you make of all this uh, sound and fury and the bluster coming out of uh, the legislature earlier today, you know, the NDP, and uh, you you had two people taken away by security, and I thought only two. The honeymoon must still be on for Doug. Because, <laughs> Ernie, you certainly remember the heady days of the common sense revolution, is this pretty much, uh, uh, is it eerily similar to, or familiar to you? Well, it was. It did remind me of that today, I must say. Um, we had a few more raucous demonstrations, perhaps, than uh, than Doug Ford has had to date. But, uh, yes, I mean, there are always people that aren't going to agree with your agenda, and that leads to some weird reactions sometimes. All right, well, then do you understand or can you justify that he would invoke the notwithstanding clause, Section 33 of the Charter, because uh, he wants to get things done? Well, he certainly has the legal right to do it. Um, he's facing, though, a sort of an uphill battle in terms of its usage has been fairly restricted and non-existent in the province of Ontario up to now. So there are those that argue on both sides of this thing, as you know, but he, there's no doubt in my mind that he has the legal right to do it if he wants to do it and ultimately any like any government they will you know pay the price or not pay the price as the case case may be four years from now when when re-election time comes but you know i think brian mulrooney made a good point yesterday when he was in ottawa he said this is why he was against the notwithstanding clause from day one he didn't believe in it in 1982 and he doesn't believe in it today because it takes away from people's rights under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And otherwise, so why have a clause that allows governments to escape their legal and constitutional duty? And I think, quite frankly, my own personal opinion is the reason it was inserted in the first place was to allow the province of Quebec to do certain things that perhaps the rest of the country wouldn't agree with. 
and so they gave them an escape clause. I think well, that, that was it. A, they wouldn't I, sign I, on I, other. I, I think that was Trudeau's solution to the problem, but I don't think that doesn't make it right. All right. Uh, so, is it justified though to understand that Doug Ford would be facing this kind of obstruction at every turn? There's something like seven lawsuits already uh, in the early stages of his agenda. So, to play this hand, uh, is it frivolous or? Can you see it born out of necessity, John? Well, you know, first of all, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I think people are getting a little hysterical. I think there's a lack of proportion. Uh, you know, there's no doubt that you have, uh, you know, a political theater going on here. The NDP slapping the table. Uh, what happened if you look at the judgment uh, that came down? The judge himself said he didn't have a lot of time to make the decision. I think a couple points uh, around the size of the, uh, the the municipal ridings and also freedom uh, of speech. People who have looked at that judgment know very well that it's a stretch. I think the important thing to remember, too, is the typical process when you have this kind of scenario emerge is that the government would appeal it and then you, it would be struck down. The fact is, is that there's not a lot of time uh, to do that if you want to stop this particular election from having 47 as opposed to 25 uh, seats. So there's no question that's part of it. Their strategy, I believe, will be to appeal this uh, ruling, demonstrate the fact that it actually did not contravene the charter, the original legislation he put through, and try to undermine the argument that way. But, but by and large, um, I think what we're seeing right now, again, is a lot of political theater, a lot of hysterics, and the government has to be ready for this. And, if, and this is why you have to be smart about what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have used the, the notwithstanding clause. I don't think that's a good thing to do. Um, but from their perspective, I understand the strategy. All right. Uh, well, part of the thinking behind it, or so I was told earlier today by Steve Clark, who's the minister responsible for reintroducing the legislation, this Bill 31, earlier today, uh, he told me that this was all about expediting certain plans or part of the agenda to get things in Toronto moving. Have a listen. I want to help uh, Toronto City uh, Council uh, build new affordable housing in the city. Uh, my colleague, John Yakubuski, the Minister of Transportation, wants to uh, wants to help build transit. Uh, Monty McNaughton, the the Minister of Infrastructure, he wants to work with the with the uh, City Council on on building infrastructure. We we want to work with uh, the new council after October twenty second to to do those priorities for the city. Buzz Hargrove uh, sounds like pure intentions, doesn't it? No, because all of those things are happening. Uh, are today, they? If, if 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 you listen, we to got the, a backlog in community housing that's obscene. <clears throat> You have a backlog in repairs uh, for right. community housing, which he never even mentioned. He talked about building. Well, building. He's as talking well. about building infrastructure. I saw John Tory this morning spend 15 minutes talking about the amount of infrastructure that's going out there now, the transit that's being built already on the books, and billions of dollars being spent, and shovels in the ground in many uh, instances. I I just think this adds to that. He has a right. Ernie's right on the money. He has an absolute right to do that, but I think it adds to cynicism. Uh, that's out there about politics. He never mentioned this. He didn't go to the people of Ontario in an election in June saying, if I get elected, our government is going to immediately move uh, to cut the number of uh, councillors in the city of Toronto. Uh, there's a lot of people I'm talking to uh, concerned that it's not just going to stop in Toronto. It could move to Ottawa next. It could move to other places. Ford has already mentioned uh, Ottawa. So I think he's going about it the wrong way. Uh, he has a right to do it. 
Well, you know, just uh, you have a right to do a lot of things in life, but you better not do them or you'll All be right. in trouble. Well, you know, it's interesting that there's been, to John's point, uh, so many histrionics here and hysterics about uh, his invoking this when it comes to wanting to get things passed or expedited. You're the big fan of the windmills up there, the wind turbine, I think, in Port Elgin. <laughs> How about these ones where the municipalities, uh, they had a grievance and were grousing against the li- the wind liberals, but uh, the wind liberals and McGinty as well told them to sit down and shut up. They were going to put them in there regardless. There have been hundreds of uh, of uh, windmills went in under both Tory and uh, liberal uh, governments. It's not just uh, the liberals that built all the windmills in the, 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 in liberals the, in the were province slapping, of Ontario. Slapping municipalities down, claiming they were nothing but a bunch of windmills. And we're going to pay a pile of money for Ford canceling these windmills in, uh, oh, in around the Kingston. Don't take me too far uh, off area. track, Buzz. Nice chance uh, to deflect. <laughs> <laughs> really. I think Buzz is an expert at deflecting. Sort of, kind of. But uh, no, to that point, look. And, you know, this is where it all dials back into uh, Doug Ford perhaps recognizing that uh, this will be the modus operandi of the left to try to obstruct at every turn, whether it's through lawfare, you know, in the courts or tying things up in the legislature, how, whatever impediments there are. Uh, and you never had that with previous administrations except going back to with you guys. No, no. They, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying it seems to be the M.O. of the left the right never seemed to complain when there were adequate reasons to do so and, you know, raise a cane in the gallery there when the liberals were in office. But they never seemed to do that. Ernie, why not? I guess they're too law-abiding. <laughs> oh, or busy work. Well, uh, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think it is the strategy of perhaps the NDP and the left to create as much obstructionism as they possibly can and throw as many roadblocks in the way of the government as they possibly can. Um However, at the end of the day, you know, I think as we've just discussed, I think Doug Ford has the right to do what he's doing. You may agree or disagree that this was the right time to do it and the way to do it by using the notwithstanding clause. And, you know, unfortunately, he finds himself in a circumstance where if he wants to get it done before the municipal election, he's kind of in a box. Otherwise, he has to, he could pass the law later after he appeals the decision. He could pass the law later and wait till the next municipal election for it to take effect. That's or, or he has the power to bring in a new law saying we're going to have a one-year term and then we're going to have elections under a new system and give people an opportunity to talk about it. But also remember, there'll be another election in four years. And I want to know what party is going to run on reinstating 47 candidates in the, the city of Toronto. <laughs> right, no, but, not many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is the problem. This is why you're having the political theater and the, and the hysterics here and people trying to equate this with, with trampling. I, I've even seen on Twitter people you know, worried about having gay rights trampled under, under uh, Doug Ford, which is, is, is just, again, hysterical. You don't really have a cause underlying this. It's really all about process. And certainly using the notwithstanding clause is, is uh, unusual, uh, exceptional in Ontario, but it's not unconstitutional. And people have to realize that. And I think most people do. And the fact is, he's not taking away the rights of minorities or anything along those lines. What he's trying to do is re- uh, configure the city of Toronto to work in a more efficient way, whether you agree with that or not. And it's really hard to turn that into a, a massive human rights case to get people on the streets. Well, all right, uh, because other people have suggested that the Trudeau Liberals intervene, uh, the disallowance 
aspect of the charter where they can... Uh, yeah, they must have been smoking some of that stuff he wants to make legal a little bit early if yeah, they were man. thinking that was going to happen. Well, they do, have a, they do have a caucus meeting going on. <laughs> well, they do. Where is the white it? pops of smoke are coming up. Uh, Wes, I thought they elected a new pope. I didn't know what that was. All right. Uh, and so, you know, this wouldn't, they say, be a, a applicable to the Trans Mountain Pipeline, although many people are saying that might be more justification to actually use a notwithstanding clause, Ernie. That's probably true. Oh. I mean, that's... Well, I mean, that's a project that affects, I think, the entire country. And for the economic, you know, we've heard the arguments on both sides and the discussions on both sides, but it's really a difficult situation where you have a country that is self-sufficient in oil and natural gas, and we can't get it from one side of our country to the other. I've said this many times. We we got to be the laughing stock of the rest of the world in in some aspects. So it would be justified. So, to so, use so, it. so we're going to bring in oil from Venezuela and Saudi Arabia on the east coast, and we're going to bring in oil from other places on the west coast, and we've got enough to supply the entire country and uh, half the world. It's it, it, it's kind of ridiculous. So you think it would be justifiable in this instance? Bruce? Yes, yes. I think that Ernie's right on the money. This this is in the national interest. There is a very good argument. Uh, that this, these pipelines weren't going to have. Remember, there's going to be oil shipped. It's going to be shipped by truck. It's going to be shipped by exactly. rail. The most dangerous way to move it around the country. But we're not going to be able to take uh, advantage of the international markets. It's still going to be mostly sold uh, to the Americans, and we're we're really controlled by them in, uh, in doing that. So we should go with the, with the idea that let's do it the safest way we can, and that's pipelines. And if we have to use the notwithstanding clause, I believe it is uh, justified. So you would support Doug Ford for prime minister? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. That's kind of what you're arguing. <laughs> I haven't about. got there yet, John. <laughs> All right, you haven't got there yet? All He's right. got a ways to go. There's, there's still time to work on them. We'll come back and uh, see if we can get around to it. Ernie Eves, John Turley, you're at Buzz Hargrove, Oakley Show, and it's our roundtable discussion on the Midweek Wednesday edition at Global News Radio 640 Toronto.